Welcome to She Becomes, the Junior League of Houston podcast. I am Christina Frederick, your podcast host for 2022-2023. This is season two, episode five. Today, I am so excited to speak with Good Reason Houston. Carrie Wright is the Chief Executive Officer, and he's responsible for the organization's vision and long-term strategy. He leads the nonprofit in working with school and community partners to improve public school education in Houston with a focus on equitable student outcomes. Carrie brings nearly 15 years of experience in public education and public affairs. He began his career as a public school elementary teacher, has held various positions at Teach for America, including as the executive director of the Dallas-Fort Worth region. He served as the press secretary for U.S. Congressman William Mack Thornberry in Washington, D.C., and most recently served as chief external affairs officer for Good Reason Houston, where his responsibilities included communications, policy, and advancement. Kerry earned his bachelor's degree from Davidson College. He's a graduate of Texas Public Schools and is proud to call Houston home. Also joining us is Moran Tekle. As the managing director of Emerging School Supporters, Moran is committed to supporting the launch of innovative, community-driven schools. Prior to joining Goodreads in Houston, Moran served overseas helping school leaders implement best instructional practices into their schools. Prior to that, Moran led a large elementary school in HISD focused on integrating rigorous academics with a music and arts curriculum. She started her career in education as a Teach for America Corps member, where she taught and then led within Yes Prep Public Schools. She was a founding teacher and administrator for Yes Prep's inaugural district charter partnership campus. Moran holds a Bachelor of Science in Biology from St. John's University, as well as a Master of Business Administration from Rice University, where she completed the Rice Educational Entrepreneurship Program. As you can tell from their bios, these two amazing individuals and I had the most amazing conversation about trends for our education system here in Houston, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much, Carrie and Moran, for joining me today. I'm so excited to give our listeners a peek into Good Reason Houston, but I would love for you to give a quick kind of explanation of what Good Reason Houston is, if you don't mind. Oh, Christina, thanks so much for inviting us. We're so glad to be here, and we're so excited to hear that the Junior League has such a focus on such an important topic that we care deeply about, which is public education um, and ensuring that every child in every neighborhood of Houston gets a great quality education in life. And that's really what we at Good Reason Houston are up to. We're an organization that was founded um, back in 2018 through a partnership of the Houston Endowment, the Kinder Foundation, the Greater Houston Partnership, Scott McClellan, Jim Postal, and a number of other Houston area business leaders. And really the work uh, began with the acknowledgement that our city isn't yet providing to all students in every neighborhood the quality public education they deserve and that they need to be set up to thrive in the Houston of the 21st century and beyond. Um, and so over the last several years, we've really built uh, partnerships with Houston area public school systems that includes both traditional school districts like Houston ISD, Aldean, Leaf, Spring, Spring Branch, Pasadena, and a number of others. And it's also partnerships with public charter systems like Yes Prep, um, KIPP Public Schools, and a number of other emerging charter networks like Etoile, 
um, and many more uh, that we are privileged to work alongside. And really kind of our North Star goal is around improving the quality of public schools available to every student in our city. When our work really kicked off the first year that we took sort of an, an assessment of the current quality of school performance, which was in 2019, more than half of Houston's 500,000 students were attending a school rated C, D, or F by the state of Texas. Um, and so when you think about that, there's roughly 650 public schools that are in the sort of center of Houston, and more than half of those schools were rated C, D, or F by the state. And actually, it was around 111 of those campuses were actually rated D or F by the state. Um, and there's certainly a lot of debate and discussion around how schools are rated and testing and all sorts of things that go into how we gather that data. But I think what nobody can deny is that, you know, we want every student, every child, um, whether we're a parent or just a citizen of our region, we want every child to be going to an A-rated school and getting an A-rated education. And so our organization really has worked with area systems to both build more demand for great schools. So doing things like this conversation, trying to help educate um, the community on where is our region as, as it relates to, to the delivery of quality public education to students and who's being left out of that high quality education and how do we ensure they're getting their needs met with great public education access. Um, and then it's also on the other side, growing the supply of those great schools. So really working arm in arm with school districts to think about school-based or whole district initiatives that are really going to help them deliver uh, more quality education to every student every day. Um, so it's it's been uh, a very interesting time, as you can imagine, to work in public education when you think about um, COVID and all the things that have been going on, but I'm sure we'll get into that during our conversation. Right. Well, thank you so much. It's all um, very important work um, and so wonderful to have good reason Houston kind of jumping in to the conversation for sure. Um, as far as kind of looking at the trends, I would love to kind of jump into what some of the trends are and some of those specific areas that contribute to kind of what you were talking about, Carrie, um, and looking at how Houston's trending and what kind of jumps into that school rating or what you guys are looking at as an organization to help with. I can jump in on this one. Thanks, Christina, for that question. We, when we're looking at the trends of education in Houston, I think there's a couple of things that jump out in Houston across the state. There's this, this mental health and this constant thought around the declining trends of students' mental health. There's also the birth rates, and we're seeing that, you know, we have lower enrollment, student enrollments declining, more than 20,000 in statewide, in Houston, and then statewide, there's 66 plus fewer students enrolled in public schools, and that becomes something we look at because enrollment is tied to dollars, which then makes us look at how dollars are going to be spent as birth rates decline, um, and then I think there's another trend in Houston specifically when we look at what our schools are doing for students and how students are able to achieve in those schools. And there's this staggering number where there's about one in three students in Houston attending a struggling school, which means a school that's rated a CDRF. Um, and this disproportionately affects Black and Latino students in Houston. So I think we see all of those trends and there's so many different conversations that come out of that. But if I roll them all up into one, it's this idea that 
the world has shifted. People are having less kids. There's a lot of things that are contributing to declines in mental health. Um, and as that world is shifting and these trends are happening, our schools just frankly haven't kept up with this changing world. And right. our schools are still living in this like industrial era of, you know, sit in a row, raise your hand, walk in a lane. We went to school, right? Um, the, the thing is the world's dramatically different now. And so with all of these different trends, our schools haven't changed. So I think the overarching trend we're seeing is that when we look at the skills students need when they exit our education system and what the trends in education are now, like they all float up into this one big thing of our schools are not equipped to move us away from this industrial air model of schooling towards a more equitable model that addresses the things that our kids need to be successful now in the world. And so there's this, like, this just big thought where we're always thinking through and we're looking at examples across the state, across the nation of how do we reimagine what school can look like so that we're creating a better, more equitable school model to prepare our kids for like this new world and all these trends and how things have changed. Right. Um, and I think you kind of touched on that too. I mean, Carrie had mentioned, of course, the pandemic, and I think people might be thinking of it a little uh, more forefront and front of mind with the pandemic just happening. Um, but as you have mentioned, it's likely systems that were put in place a long time ago that are kind of aiding and moving this trend along. What are some of the things that Good Reason Houston is doing to kind of champion the students in you know, this group or these schools that are working on raising those ratings to an A or B instead of a C, D, or F? How do you all really get involved? The really great thing about Good Reason being this champion in Houston is there isn't one way. Like this problem is so extensive and I just listed a couple of things that feed into it. Um, it has to be almost attacked in different ways. So good reason has a couple of ways in which we embrace this idea of creating more equitable schools for students in Houston. One of the ways is just the belief that we need to get everyone together and on board. So part of what we do is focused on, you know, policy and advocacy and really focusing on system accountability at that legislative level versus student accountability. There's another part of our work that is, is very school facing and like getting into the schools and helping at the district level, at the campus level, really think about what instruction looks like and how we can support schools in getting to that. Acknowledging that there's just a ton of roadblocks in the way and constantly trying to be the ones to, to move those at the school and district level. And I mean, another way is, is we are getting out there and really becoming this like think tank for what it could look like. So we have, as an organization, virtually and in person, went to 70 plus dynamic different types of schools across the nation, across Texas, and bringing that back. So when we talk about reimagining what schools can look like, by having this concrete codified idea of it's not just a thought towards this more equitable model, but it's a reality. People are doing it and how can we do it? And how can we make it specific to what our community needs, which is another way in which we approach it. We have a part of our organization which works with communities and we do a community voice project. So there's not really one way. It's this beautiful marriage of getting everyone on board from business owners to the educational leaders to parents and community leaders having a voice and then getting there hand in hand with school districts and campuses and principals. And, and doing the work. So there's uh, there's just a lot of different ways, I think, 
this problem doesn't have one silver bullet. It is going to take a lot of different people coming at it in a lot of different ways. And so that's what Good Reason Houston aims to do is come from this direct support of schools, but also policy and advocacy, and also making sure the community has a voice in what it looks like and getting ourselves out there and saying, what is possible? Plus, what is it that communities need and want? Plus, what are the roadblocks at district levels that we can help remove to all get us to this point of this more equitable model? I love that. Such a, a big look at how can the village help kind of pull everything together. And I love that your organization is kind of tackling all the different avenues um, in which to help lead success in our school system for sure. Carrie, did you want to add something to that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's if we're really talking about, you know, hashtag trending, I also just think about the fact that many folks that are even tuning into this podcast may have students that are just entering their public school educational experience. And, you know, they're not going to graduate from high school until the year 2035 or beyond. And so I think increasingly, we also need to be thinking about inviting our the leaders of our schools and school systems into conversations and into opportunities that expose them to different ways to deliver educational experiences that are going to prepare students for that rapidly changing world ahead of us. I mean, you just read in the newspaper every day all these new things around artificial intelligence and how rapidly that's advancing. And you wonder all sorts of things about what's that going to mean for jobs and the economy in the year 2035 and beyond. And you also realize that we're now living in an even more global and interconnected world than ever before. And so how do we ensure that our students who are attending every one of every one of the 650 public schools in our backyard or, you know, no matter where they go to school, whether it's in the South Side or Fifth Ward or somewhere else across our community, there's no limit to ways in which we should be able to connect every student from every community across our region with the global world that they're a citizen of and that they should be a leader in. Um, right. And then I even just think about, you know, right here in our backyard, like we're a region that's going through a significant economic transition where, you know, you read in the news every day about all the work taking shape to steer the energy transition of um, Houston and frankly of the United States through Houston. And so there's all sorts of questions and opportunities ahead of what do our systems need to be producing also just for the sake of our local economy that's also going to provide students with pathways into living wage, high paying job opportunities. And increasingly, those are their roles that are going to require a different set of both cognitive and non cognitive skills that are going to set students up to be successful in those tech jobs of the future and frankly jobs that even the three of us on this call at this moment in time could probably hardly even envision. And so I think part of what we intend to cultivate through our engagement with the larger community and also with our partner systems is just sort of provoking that conversation of, are we really preparing students who cross the doors of our public schools with the skills the capabilities, the mindsets, the readiness for when they're going to graduate in 2035. And I think there are things that we know matter that are some of the fundamentals that I think our organization spends a lot of time on in terms of helping districts adopt and implement higher quality instructional materials, which is some you know education jargon. But this idea that every day, no matter wh where you live, you should be exposed to the most rigorous academic content possible. And along with that is also the quality of teacher. And so working with districts to also figure out ways to recruit, retain, and reward the top performing teachers in the country. We want them to come to Houston. We want them to be a part of making 
Houston, a great dynamic city for everybody who lives here. So part of our organization spends time through a new campaign called Houston Loves Teachers, which is this idea of um, really cultivating a city that values and invests in the profession of teaching and recognizes it as paramount to our, our collective future. I love that. It's so um, fun to see, like you said, what is kind of coming up out of this in ways that Houston as a community can all you know foster together and join together to bring about positive change. There are a couple of things I would love to dig into from the things that you all said. The first is I would love to talk about the legislative side of this and if there is anything that we can do from a constituent perspective to help foster legislation within our city or state. If you guys are working on something specifically, I would love for you to share that. So the thing we really work on as an organization from a policy standpoint that sort of supersedes all other objectives is really this idea that it's important that our state maintain and strengthen a system of academic accountability. I think there's a lot of discussion in the public education space about the idea of educational equity, which is ensuring that every student from every background and identity groups getting the resources and support they need. Mm-hmm. And our organization is deeply committed to educational equity. And I think the reason why we believe it's important that there is transparent ways in which we can assess how schools are performing through a rating system, which our state currently uses an A through F rating system. Mm-hmm. We think that matters because it informs parents about whether or not schools are actually meeting the needs of their student. And when a system of academic accountability is working, it's also should be a tool that helps district leaders, so superintendents and their team, understand which schools in my system are not being well-resourced or adequately resourced to meet the needs of those students. And where might I need to make a disproportionate investment of resources, whether that's personnel or wraparound supports, to ensure that, you know, no matter what zip code a student grows up in, they're getting an excellent shot at a life of their choosing. And so kind of we go back to this idea of at the end of the day, it does matter that we're assessing student learning. Are they actually progressing towards these standards of learning that our community thinks matters, that our state thinks matters? And then are we able to reflect to parents, you know, if you if you send your child to this school versus this school, How do you know whether or not they're getting what they deserve in terms of academic preparation? And so I think every session, public education, it becomes a a hotly discussed and debated topic. And certainly even this subject around how we measure and assess the effectiveness of our schools is always on the docket for discussion. But I just think for our organization, what we really want to champion and invite others into is seeing how much it matters that we assess student learning, that we know how schools are serving student needs. And that we use that information to actually make the investments necessary to be sure that every child from every neighborhood is going to a great school and getting great resources every day. And then the second part to that is as a league member, I mean, we are the largest league in the nation and we have members that span all different age demographics of, you know, single or just married or just with little ones, or even our sustainer groups that have grown children in their home that are married themselves. As a league member or a parent, how can we get involved or stay in touch with an organization like Good Reason Houston to make sure that we're using our voice most effectively as you guys are working to better our community? I think there's, um, like any organization, we love it when folks visit our website, goodreasonhouston.org, to sign up for newsletters and other blasts that we'll put out over time that are informing the public of key data around how our region is delivering on a high-quality education for all students. 
and also from time to time gives updates to our subscribers on key policy items that they should become more knowledgeable about and may invite people to consider taking action as a, in alignment with those policy items. We also, like any organization, run events. We have an upcoming event this fall called our st annual State of Schools Luncheon, which will be in October. And so we'd love for folks to consider buying a ticket or buying a table to an event like that to come and hear about the state of school quality for our region. We think it matters to Moran's earlier point that we are bringing together leaders from all across our community, whether they're you know leaders that are parents or their tenured leaders who had Fortune 100 companies based in Houston, or they're just parents who deeply care about the quality of education that not just their child, but every child in our region is getting. And then, you know, we love to also continue to grow and build a community online. So we love folks to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and just stay kind of more up to speed and up to date on activity that we have going on in ways they can get more personally involved in the work that our organization does each and every day. I love just hearing all of the things that you are championing and that you are doing and that you were involved with. And like Ron said, the different avenues that it's all happening, because it surely does not sound like it is just one answer and one nail on the head that you are going for. Is there anything that you would like to touch on that we haven't yet or anything that you'd like to kind of wrap up if you feel like you left something open-ended? I mean, honestly, I really love when you said the village, it spoke to me, it touched, it touched my heart. And as someone who also has young children who are at the pre-K age, I think the biggest thing when we talk about it, just what can people do is reminding us that we have to think beyond our own child and their campus. You know, I think about my kid goes to a good school. Why does this work matter? But understanding that the educational experience of all the kids in Houston matter, right? Because those right. are like they're going to make that society for your four-year-old, for my two-year-old, three-year-old. When we talk about preparing those kids for 2035, we have to think about all of them and all the children around them. Um, and it just makes it, it's just really important that we care beyond our own household because there's just so many levels to making a productive society work and education is the foundation of that. And so that's just my thing is like, let's get involved in, we don't have to know a ton about legislation and laws, but we do know that as moms, we love our babies and we want them to be in the best world possible. You know, like get involved in your schooling campus, vote and participate in school board elections. As Carrie said on our website, we actually have a tab where you can go to our work and under that it's a legislative and policy tab. Go to that and kind of see what's happening out there in the system level in education and and we're the constituents. So look, I'm a mama and I'm a constituent. Let's call the next legislative, you know, this one's wrapping up. The next one's 2025. Right. There's always potential for a special session. But in between, it's like, let's let our voice be heard. I think from the campus level up to the legislative level, let's just show up and show out. And part of that is learning what's happening and then using that to, to be plugged into the action. So yeah, absolutely. I love you know, just, I've also heard the term before being the boots on the ground. And I think in this situation, specifically with the hundreds of thousands of students you're speaking out and the hundreds of campuses, that it's not just thinking about our child or the neighbor or just our tiny school, but like Carrie had mentioned, it's the city. And like you, Moran had mentioned, you know, this, the four-year-olds and the five-year-olds now become the city later. And you guys are doing such important work 
that it's been such a joy to speak with you and hear from you and hopefully what you have to say and the places that you have to go, goodreasonhouston.org and Instagram and Twitter are all resources that our league members and that our listeners can tap into to jump in if they would like to jump into being a little more in touch with our education system in Houston. On that note, I will just thank you both again for your time today and for sharing a little bit. And we'd love the conversation. Thanks, Christina. Appreciate you and all that y'all do. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please feel free to share it. Our music is from Ketza and Poddington Bear. Our editor is Stacia Danson.